again, Brian Shields. You can follow him on Twitter at It's Brian Shields. On Twitter, the New York Times best-selling author and the wrestling author for 30 years of WrestleMania. So without further ado, bringing on Brian Shields, a guest for the night. Brian, what's going on, my man? How you doing? What's up, man? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? I, I'm doing good. It could be better. A little, a little under the weather. I got, I got a cold coming on. So um, I, I'm hoping I can make it through the hour, hour and a half that we have you on, man. I well, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, man. The change of weather and even, even the time change has me like little. I don't know, man. I feel, I feel different the last couple of days. But um, before I, before I go further, I do want to say I, I do thank you for coming on. I know me and you've been going back and forth for a few weeks about you uh, coming on. It, it, it's great. I, I'm a big wrestling fan. I do have a lot of wrestling fan followers on Twitter, so some of them are looking forward to having you on. But um, I found you on Twitter one day. I think you, you, you did the interview with Jim Ross, and I was like, I heard about 30 years of WrestleMania. I don't know who wrote it. That he had you on. I looked you up. I found you. We clicked, and now we're here. Yeah, man. I, I got to tell you, I can't thank you enough for having me on. Um, I've been a fan of of your show for a while, so now to be on the other side of the microphone and, and table, so to speak, is a big thrill for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime there's an opportunity, you know, to talk WWE talk wrestling, WrestleMania with someone in the New York sports community, you know, man, I'm, I'm all in. So it's, it's just great to be here. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So what we're going to do, um, of course, I'm going to ask you the question. I got some questions that some fans uh, tweeted me earlier. So I got that sure. uh, waiting for you. So I know we got a lot to talk to. First of all, I, I got up to, where did I get up to? I got, I got up to WrestleMania 16 or 2000, whatever you want to call it. So I, I didn't finish the whole thing, but I, I think I got just enough um, mm-hmm. because I, I wanted to just read about the early ones. You know, I was st- <clears throat> I was still young. I was still little. Um, I was like one years old when the first WrestleMania happened. So everything from like 14 on up, I pretty much know about because I was old enough to recall everything. But anything from 14, 13 down, um, that was the bright spot for me because th- there were some things that I didn't know about or probably heard about, but you kind of went in more uh, in depth about it. But I-, I really appreciate the whole of what I've been able to read. It's, it's a great read. I told people earlier, um, whether you're a new fan or an old fan, it's just something great and phenomenal for, for everybody to get. Uh, well, thank you so much. You know, 30 years of, of WrestleMania is – is really a book like no other. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, working with WWE and DK Publishing and you're coming up with the concept of how to tell the the full story of 30 years of WrestleMania, it was an exciting project to be part of because this book celebrates the 30-year history the matches, the majesty, all of the things that, that we as fans love, whether we're in the crowd or we're watching it on TV or now our mobile devices. But it also pulls back the curtain. So while fans are going on this journey through time, they're also taken behind the scenes. So it's kind of like two trips in one. 
because you're getting that celebration with all the match results and, and write-ups of, of the matches, but you're also hearing from people that were there about what it was like, whether it was whether it was to what it was like being in the company at a specific point in time, what was happening between superstars, what was happening with celebrities, all of these different things in one. Well, yeah, I, I think it's overall it, it's just something great for people to even someone like me, who my memory is like, yeah, I know all these matches, and and people ask me just to kind of throw me off, hey man, you know what was the what was the main event of WrestleMania like seven, and thinking I'm not gonna remember, and I'm like I. I could tell them like half the card, and they they look at me like either either you're smart or <laughs> or there's something really wrong <laughs> wrong with you, man. I'm like, listen, I I I just know I I know all of it. it just it it, it 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 was part of my childhood, uh, you know. From that, the wrestling ring, the figure. I think we all been through it, and it's like even now, I, I'm I'm 31 years old. I don't watch it as much as 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 I did before. I still watch here and there. But it's something that that's not gonna go away, um, no matter no matter how how old you are. But I do want to start off by asking you this: <clears throat> Once you knew you were going to do it, what what went through your mind first? Was there like an outline you wanted to fulfill for this, or, or like, or what were the first couple of things that had to be done before you really started this whole process? When I got the call, and I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit of, of backstory first, just to put everything in context. The second volume of the WWE Encyclopedia came out in November of 2012, which I, like the first one, I got to co-write with, with the great Kevin Sullivan. Um, in early 2013, I had some meetings with WWE to talk about some ideas that I had. One of the great things about working with WWE and DK is if you have an idea, you can, you know, you can picture it. You can, you can talk to people about it. Um, that meeting went well and things were in motion in terms of getting, getting our next steps going. And I got a call in May of 2013 which, you know, was another dream scenario, you know, how many different ways can I say yes of, you know, where WWE is, is looking to write this this story of, of 30 years of WrestleMania and do you want to write it? And I just, I mean, immediately it was like this montage of images went through my mind of all of, at the time that the 29 years of of WrestleMania and for me the way I did it first was just getting an idea of what we were looking for you know are, are we talking about a straight up listing of the matches is it you know we the, for that was the first thing was okay what are we looking for this book to be and once we once we talked about that which was that, like what we were talking about a, a few minutes ago, that kind of best of everything in one book. Then I started to put an outline together. I started free writing. You know, every writer has a different way of working. Um, sometimes I just start free writing on a subject 
and that'll get me going. Sometimes an outline will get me going. Um, one of the first things that I did, and I know that that you will appreciate this, is you know, I mean, I, I was you know digging in in the crates, as uh, as some would say, for my old Coliseum videos, and what I wanted to do was just get out all the old WrestleManias that I had on VHS and, you know, start putting this outline together, start putting a concept together. And and that's how we started. You know what? When you, when you said Coliseum videos, <laughs> I was just like, wow. Like, I, I think we, we, we've owned Coliseum home video. I, I, I've rented from different video stores back in, the 80s and 90s, and when you said that, it just really, it just really, you know, brought me back because at, at some time, you know, my family didn't want to order the pay-per-view, so I had to wait months or a year for the the the, the pay-per-view to be out on video. And when you said that, I was just like, wow, like I used to, I used to own every single one of them. Right. Yeah. And you know, and it's funny because you were you were talking before about you know, memories of WWE. And that's one of the great things about working on these books with WWE and DK is that, you know, you're talking about these commemorative volumes, these very special historical records where, you know, 30 years of WrestleMania as a book has a multi-generational appeal. And WWE has, has such an imprint on people and their memories whether they watch it still today, whether they used to watch it and remember it fondly, you know, everybody that was part of it at one time or another has these great memories. And, you know, WrestleMania, and this is another great thing about the book, Randy, is that there was so much happening with WWE as an organization when the WrestleMania concept was conceived by Vince McMahon while he was on vacation, by the way, and and getting this off the ground that the the first things that people see in the book when they open it is going to be a beautifully written forward by Mr. WrestleMania Shawn Michaels. Right. And and then they're going to see a section called Road to WrestleMania. And that sets the table. That gets everybody ready. It gets all of us on the same page, no pun intended of everything that was happening as WWE was cementing itself as a national company, Hulkamania running wild, and what it took to get WrestleMania off the ground. And then once you're done with that, then you get into the first WrestleMania. So even the way that the book is done, it's done in such a way where each page you're you're learning about something new. You're being reminded of something that maybe you haven't heard about in a very long time, or or something along those lines. So, in the book's over 220 pages, there is an incredible amount of information, beautiful design, and photos designed by DK. So this book really has something for everyone, all types of fans, and that's exactly what we wanted to do. How much, how much free reign did they give you when it came to writing the book? Or they say, Brian, uh, 
you could do whatever, but make sure you have X, Y, and Z in it. Or they said, Brian, we trust you, and we know you have the history and the knowledge and all the the, the videos and everything. You go ahead and do it, and we trust you with with what you're going to put out. It, you know, Randy, that's a great question, and it's a, this is another great thing about working with WWE and DK is if it's right for the project, we do it. And I've never right. been told that a subject or individual were off limits or not to look into something or this and that or any of those, you know, different things. It's always what's right for the project, what's what's right for the consumer, the fan base, the WWE universe as it's known as today. And you know, I mean, when you're when you're working like that, when you have access to WWE employees, executives, superstars, divas, you know, I worked on the book for over a year and a half. Uh, I interviewed over 75 people. I made multiple visits to the WWE warehouse. The the archivist there, Ben Brown, does an amazing job of of preserving the the history of professional wrestling and sports entertainment as a whole in addition to WWE i mean they have they have things there that that date back to the early 1900s it is amazing so all of that goes into putting a book like this together and and that's why 30 years of wrestlemania as a book is so special when you had the the interview with jim ross on the ross report he asked you if if you interviewed Vince McMahon, just the two of you, and you said, yeah. Um, yes. Most people just know Vince as the character on TV and him being the boss of WWE, but not really know much about him outside of that or when the cameras are not on. How is, you know, how is Vince McMahon when he's just by himself and not like 100 people and cameras surrounding him? Is he a totally different person? Well, I I had the opportunity to meet him once before. Um, right before WrestleMania 25 in Houston, there was a a reception for WWE licensees, and I was there. Uh, this, the first encyclopedia came out a few weeks before that, and I, I met him and his wife, Linda. And, um, I, I mean, he's... The the person on television is a character, right? And you know, I mean, as far as as meeting him or, or speaking with him, I mean, you know, there couldn't have been a better conversation. And and it's one of those things where you want to ask so many questions, you know. And and it's one of those things where you know, I grew up a huge fan of WWE. I grew up on Long Island. I'm still a fan of of WWE and, and the sports entertainment industry. So, you know, you know from the work that you do how how challenging it could be sometimes if you're speaking to someone in an interview capacity and you you just want to ask them so many questions and how challenging it could be sometimes, you know, to stick to what you're asking. And it was a great conversation. It was another, you know, dream come true scenario, especially when you're talking about a subject like 30 years of WrestleMania. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. What was the first question you asked him? 
The first question, the first question I asked him was, "How are you today?" <laughs> well, besides, <laughs> I, that I wanted I wanted to get things going on a smooth note. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the the first, you know, we just we were talking a little bit just, you know, about the work that I was doing with the project in general. So it wasn't like we sat down and, you know, first question, you know, I'm shining the flashlight from my mobile device at him, you know, and I'm hitting him with questions. But the, you know, the first thing I asked him was, is this, is this really true that, that you had the idea for WrestleMania while you were on vacation? Because that's something that I'm, I'm fascinated with. I mean, you know, the McMahon family and their, their entrepreneurial pursuits in, in sports and sports entertainment uh, promoting goes back to the 1920s with his grandfather, Jess McMahon, who would promote primarily boxing events at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, being able to speak with him and, you know, but it, it's kind of this this crazy thing where he, you know, we talked about it at length, this, and he says it, you know, he says, you know, it, it wasn't this this mind-blowing idea. He's like, yes, we should have an annual event that, that celebrates who we are and, and what we do and our, and our performers, like, we should have that. And that was the, the first thing I wanted to know was, was it true that, you know, you had this idea while on vacation and and then we just went from there i mean it was a it was a wonderful conversation and you know the and just to you know add a little bit to something i said before about you know the the interviews and and meeting with people i mean wwe is is such a great partner in that when you need something you get it you know it's a phone call away and in my first week on the job, my first week of interviews were Linda McMahon, Basil, longtime executive Basil DeVito, Howard Finkel, Mean Gene Okerlund, and Pat Patterson. So, you know, as a writer, you're working with WWE and DK, you know if you need anything, it's just a phone call or email away. And and that first week for me set the tone for the entire project, and and it's also something unique in that you're you're working on a book where you're talking about behind the scenes. So it was, I mean, it was just phenomenal. I had a little digital recorder and a and an app that I downloaded for my iPad, and those two devices were with me almost at all times for almost a year and a half. We're chatting with author Brian Shields, New York Times bestselling author, the man behind 30 years of WrestleMania. <clears throat> now, 30 years, it, it, it's, it's a lot, Brian. It's, it's a lot to work with, and no matter how much information and video they can give you, um, I, I think overwhelming. Um, it's a lot of great moments and such a great history history to share but at at any point did it ever become overwhelming for you to write this book no because you have such great support and 
it's not like you're you're given this information and and you're just on your own. I mean, you know, it was never like overwhelming. I mean, it, you know, it, it's a job and you have to stay focused on on the job at hand. And you know, you need to you know, I need to give a, a thanks to my editor on the book, Jennifer Sims, who did an amazing job as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's you. You're really going on adrenaline. I mean, I, I think I think like anything with WWE, no matter how you work with the company, it's a labor of love. You're talking about a global form of sports entertainment that does not have an off season. So everybody that you're speaking with, meeting, working with, there's a passion for what they do and you feed off of that. I mean, I, you know, and especially when you're talking to people about WrestleMania, I mean, everybody in the company has a shared enthusiasm about WrestleMania and, and what it means. So, you know, at, at no point was it, viewed to me as like this intimidating mountain that, that I'm not able to climb. It was, this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity and let's, you know, make it the absolute best it can be. Were there any wrestlers that you wanted to interview? Um, but, but just did not get a chance to do so. Or did you interview everyone who you wanted to? There were a couple of people that we just we we were not able to uh, to link up uh, for the real wrestling aficionados and historians in your audience. Um, I was there was a, a gentleman named George Scott who had a great career in his own right as a performer uh, in the uh, late fifties through the seventies but he became very well-known behind the scenes. And he was part of the early days of forming WrestleMania as an event. And actually, uh, we had a mutual friend in Greg the Hammer Valentine who I I got to interview for the book, and and Greg was uh, trying to arrange an interview with myself and Mr. Scott, and uh, we were a few days from that and and sadly Mr. Scott passed away. So uh we were we were not able uh to do that and the undertaker who does not grant interviews a lot of the time is a very private person. Um uh, I I was not able to interview him but it's a I feel it's a bit of a consolation prize in that in that when the request was made, it wasn't a no. It was, you know, this this sounds good. Let's, you know, we, you know, we we want to we want to make this happen. It was just his scheduling and his commitments that that come up year, you know, throughout the year, and especially preparing for WrestleMania, and right. then specifically after WrestleMania 30. It just it just wasn't possible, but um, I did feel it was a bit of a consolation in that, you know, it, we we all tried to to make it happen. It was just something where the the timing we, we just couldn't get it get it all to uh, 
to, to mix in, but, you know, it was one of those things where, um, you know, you, you're just happy that everybody, that everybody tried, uh, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Before I get into other parts of the book, I do want to get these two questions that I had from some fans that hit me up on Twitter. Um, Hector at HEC 1024 asks you why, why WrestleMania events are not the same as as it was about eight ten years ago. Um, did did uh, did he give any more detail like in in, <laughs> no. what, in what in what way or? Nah, he, that's what he laid well, out. The one, he... Well, the one well uh, the one there are a couple of ways that. That that WrestleMania has has changed significantly and and it's evolved and and another thing that the fans will be able to enjoy in 30 years of WrestleMania is they'll see the evolution of WrestleMania as an event, right? And and one of the things that um, another cool part and then I'll I'll, I'll um, try to answer the question as best I can is that there are interstitial sections celebrating. Um, the whether it's the streak or Shawn Michaels' incredible body of work at WrestleMania as an in-ring performer, the evolution of Triple H, the Hall of Fame, fan access. I mean, so there are uh, a lot of things being celebrated in the 224 pages of the book. Um, as far as as WrestleMania, the last eight to ten years. One of the things that Vince McMahon wanted to do after WrestleMania 22 in Chicago was he wanted to return to stadiums or domes. So WrestleMania 23 and on have all right. been in stadiums or domes. Uh -huh. um, and I, I don't see that changing anytime soon i think the arenas like you know like like uh like many of the early wrestlemania events were in in wrestlemania 22 in chicago was the last one to date um those i think are going to be reserved for raw smackdown live events and of course the hall of fame um but i i do think that wrestlemania now has gotten so big globally as a destination event, I do think it's going to stay in the the dome, um, you know, mega stadium kind of venues because people come from all over the world to the host city and enjoy the week of events that lead up to the day itself. Um, so I, I think uh, that's one of the ways um, another way that, that WrestleMania has changed is how we view it, and that was recently. Um, you can enjoy it on pay-per-view, and you can now also enjoy it on the WWE Network. Um, and and then one of the things I mentioned, the, the week of events are are just incredible. It seems like every year the the WrestleMania week uh, just has more incredible events added to it. Um, I hope I've answered his question. I'm not sure. Because the way he asked it, it kind of sounds like there's something that maybe he liked that 
maybe he doesn't notice or see anymore. But I'm I'm yeah, just not I, sure I what that it, is. I think so I, I don't I hope he, I've answered his question. Yeah, the way he worded it, it was more like he said WrestleMania events. I, I think maybe I don't know. I don't know if he's been to the the whole weekend long event or the actual WrestleMania itself. I I, I wasn't too sure, but um, the next one I got is from at Chavita underscore eighteen. I'm I'm gonna modify a little bit because um, they ask you what do you think is the worst WrestleMania. But I'll flip it and say what do you think is your favorite WrestleMania and your least favorite WrestleMania. Um, you know, I'm terrible at picking just one, mm-hmm. and I think when when I when I picked favorite WrestleManias, you know, I um, that's definitely that's definitely a tough one. But you know, I one of the things that I enjoyed learning about was, and this is something that everyone said, where uh, where if the first WrestleMania was not a success. They don't. They didn't know if we would know WWE as we do today. And and I just think back to the achievement of that first event. You know, you think back. I go back right away when I think of favorite WrestleManias. I go back right away to WrestleMania three. And you know, Roddy Piper's farewell, the epic battle between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Randy Macho Man Savage. And then, of course, you know, what many people today still consider the end-all, be-all, that that Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant main event in front of over 93,000 people at the Pontiac Silverdome. And then over the years, you know, that that has changed where there have been a lot of, of moments where, you know, they, they just, they grab you, you know. and And I think... Well, you know, I, I think back to many more, you know, WrestleManias, and and I think of how great those memories are. And you know, we talked about WrestleMania 25 earlier. The match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker is the best match I've ever seen. I mean, the build-up to it was amazing, and then the story that they told in the ring was just surreal and to be there live I was really it's one of those things where you're sitting there with you know ten literally tens and upon tens of thousands of people and you're just sitting there you just can't believe what you're you know what you're watching it's just amazing so you know those are the things that I think of and and you know and this year also I, I loved the Daniel Bryan story, which which actually started at SummerSlam, you know, and and to have him end the show, someone that has his ability, that's had the career and path to stardom that he's enjoyed, you know, for him to be standing there with both of those championships and the historical significance of both of those championships, I thought it was just amazing. Now I'm gonna get into some of the some parts of the book that may that some fans may not know about until they read it, or they probably do, they probably don't. Um, was there any reaction? Now, <clears throat> was there any reaction if you got one from today's people back there in WWE about um, the Hulk Hogan 
Ultimate Warrior match at WrestleMania 6. It, it seemed to be <clears throat> the passing of the torch at, at that time. Some some were in favor of it, some weren't. Um, it's still one of the very few good guy versus good guy WrestleMania events. Um, I'm, I was a big Warrior fan. I wasn't too much of, of, a, of a Hogan fan back then, so I was pro-Warrior. Um, was there any reaction <clears throat> to that match all um was there any reaction to, reaction to that match all these years later? Absolutely. I mean, that was really the the first major good guy versus good guy main event in WWE history since, and this is going way, way back, WWE used to have outdoor events at Shea Stadium called the Showdown at Shea. And the first showdown at Che main event was Bruno San Martino versus Pedro Morales in a special exhibition match. It was very rare through the 1970s into the 80s in WrestleMania 6 in 1990. It was very rare at that time to have good guy versus good guy. Um, you know, fans may have seen it. WWE's first pay-per-view was actually something called the Wrestling Classic. And uh, it was a tournament where the winner won a a um, Rolls-Royce. And in that tournament, uh, Ricky Steamboat and Davey Boy Smith squared off. But Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior was so unique because this was the first time you had the main event of a WrestleMania be good guy versus good guy, champion versus champion, and the magnitude of that match, the buildup of that match is something that that people remember, and it was one of the matches that, that people do remember fondly growing up as fans, and it is another one of those matches where it was very influential to to the current stars today. And even, you know, some of the Hall of Famers like Edge and Christian were actually in the crowd as fans. They were they were kids right. at Sky Dome and they were they were in the in the seats there. So yeah, that was that's a match that is is on many people's favorite list and and it should be it was a it was a great match and and I think and the other thing too that's so interesting about that match is it was the really the first main event for Hulk Hogan in a WrestleMania I mean he he headlined the first 8 as advertised and was in the the main event of WrestleMania 9 as a surprise so he was part of the first nine WrestleManias in a major way. That was the first one where he was in there with someone that was relatively new to the business compared to his previous opponents at at WrestleManias one through five. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a great match. There are a lot of great stories about that match. And and one of my favorite interviews was Pat Patterson, who worked with with both Hulk Hogan and Warrior in in some of the details around that match. And 
you know, Pat had some great stories then they're they're in the book that people can read and enjoy. And actually, you know, he was in the crowd with Vince McMahon towards the end of that match. So uh he just wanted to feel the energy and and so there that match is definitely very special to to a lot of a lot of people and it should be. It was a, it was a great match. And it was a great story, you know, from, from beginning to end. Um, and there's definitely something special about the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior dynamic that that you saw during that time. I mean, people were really into the idea of these two good guys joining forces, mm-hmm. and then they were also into these two guys battling one another, and it was just a it was a very special match. Now, were you able to interview Warrior before he passed away? No, I was not. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, when that happened and it it was so, it was just so surreal. Like, we just seen him on TV in the Hall of Fame and this and that. It was like, you know, I think (laughs) um, outside of, like, my dad passing away and, you know, know, family I think that was like the only other man <laughs> I cried about uh, when he passed away because it, it was just so like, you know, it took it took so long to get him back and to kind of make amends with everybody. We we all know the history of him, McMahon and the company, and to see him back in you know with the video game and now a Hall of Fame that he goes on he goes on Raw at the WrestleMania. And it, it just seemed like he was in a in a in a great place. It was like everything was just like like a, a weight was lifted um, off his shoulder, and then you know whatever happened happened. But it, it was just something that I, I I'll never forget him being on TV during those last couple of days. It, it was it was kind of like reliving your childhood because even someone like me. You know, I painted my face. <laughs> I put the tassels on, on my arms. I ran down the street and um, just like he did. So um, someone like him and the match and, and everything during that time really meant a lot, not only to me, but a, a plethora uh, of wrestling fans. And, you know, he really left a, a big monumental mark, not, not only in my life, but I know other people as well. I, I You know, Randy, uh, you're you're absolutely right. And... You know, he was a, ve- a very, very special performer and, and person, and the the body of work that that he created will live forever because the the impression that he made on so many fans, you can tell that it's very genuine because anytime he did something, whether he made an appearance somewhere or he had an action figure come out or was part of a video game or, you know, this, this past year, that this great return to, to WWE and the hall of fame and the, and the speech on raw, you know, those are, those are emotions from people that you can't just make up. I mean, the, the reaction that he enjoyed from the crowd was very genuine and, and he deserved it. I, first met him in 2001 and we worked on some projects together and he was uh, one of my favorite people to work with. He was a great guy. 
we we kept in touch over the years um you know speaking on uh, on the phone and um you know i mean he was very he was very passionate about the the character that that he created and and the impact there had as well as the fans and and know and he knew how much that character meant to the fans and and that meant a lot to him and it was you know the the news of of his passing was was just uh, indescribably sad The other part in the book, I think the WrestleMania right after that, WrestleMania 7, and I don't know if many fans know about this, but you went in depth about how Macho Man and the Warrior had a real-life close friendship um, outside the ring, um, even heading into WrestleMania 7 in their retirement match. Um, Would people be surprised now if they were to read how how close Macho Man and and Warrior were outside the ring, or did many fans know about that? I, I think most people would be surprised at that only because we're talking about a, a period of time where the business was still very guarded as opposed to what it is today in terms of, you know, the information age with the internet and, 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 you know, behind the scene, even a, a book like 30 years of WrestleMania, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if that book, if this book would have been done 20 years ago, because the the nature of the business was different, and and I think I think that's one of the things that people have enjoyed learning, and what people have, have said to me one of the, some of the parts of 30 years of WrestleMania that they've enjoyed is is learning what it was like in the early years of WWE in the early years of WrestleMania where you know you're you're learning about about what was going on with specific people what was going on in their minds uh what was happening you know if if you saw let's say um ultimate warrior or hulk hogan or rick rude or macho man savage let's say on regis philbin or or arsenio hall they were there in character. That was how the business was at that time. So I do think that that, that people will be interested to know, you know, uh, different diff- different tidbits of information like that. <clears throat> now another part. I know when I read it, I was like, you know. This is something that I I knew a long time ago, and and I never knew the real reason or reasons why. Now, and and I'm sure this question gets asked amongst wrestling fans a whole lot because it seems to be a cloud of unanswered, you know, uh, uh, answers about it. But why Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair never happened at WrestleMania 8? And I know some of the story or what could be the story, but for the fans out there who don't know, what were some of the reasons why Hogan Flair, which we thought was supposed to happen, never happened at WrestleMania 8? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away. I, I will right. say that that I, I really loved how how we covered that subject in the book. Um, you know, it was Ric Flair was, was brought into WWE, 
and you know the the summer of of 1991 it was it was huge news amongst wrestling fans of of all ages and you know flair was the the face of the nwa and 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 the hulkster the face of of wwe or wwf as it, as it was known at the time and and that was supposed to be the end all be all big wrestlemania battle and there's a special section in the WrestleMania 8 chapter called Unanswered Questions where, you know, different WWE luminaries give their thoughts on why they they think, in their opinion, it didn't happen. And there are a lot of theories. That it really does seem to be an unsolved mystery in WWE lore. Uh, no one seems to know, and it was one of the questions that I asked almost every person I spoke with that was involved with the company from that era, and I no one knows that you know there are opinions on it, and and you know people can uh, can check out the book for for that. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but but yeah, it's it's definitely. A, a a mystery that that may never be answered. I don't know. Do you think that if, if they had a chance to go back and say, you know what, we're going to put Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania 8 in Indianapolis, who's your dome? Do you think they'll say, you know what, regardless of what happened when they fought in live events and maybe the reaction they were, they were looking for weren't there, they, if they go back in time, do you think they finally make that match? You know that that's a great question because Ric Flair and Randy Savage had a great match. Yeah. At at, at Russell, I mean WrestleMania eight. You know, to fans of a of a certain age group or to certain aficionados, you know, it, it may be remembered as the WrestleMania where the Hogan Flair match did not happen. But there were some great matches on that card. I mean, that was the first WrestleMania where Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart were were competing in singles matches. The Roddy Piper-Bret Hart match for the Intercontinental title was phenomenal. Um, and the, the Ric Flair-Randy Savage match was, I mean, you know, people, if they go back and, and watch that match, that was a great match. Yeah. So... And and people did love the, at the time, you know. I I think the Hulk Hogan Sid Justice match maybe didn't have the the in ring ending that that fans may have have wanted, but you know the return of the Ultimate Warrior there was huge at the huge news at the time. So I um, I do think. That that if if WWE could go back in time, maybe it does. Maybe that match does happen. Mm. Flair, okay. excuse me, Flair, the the Flair Hogan match. Mm-hmm. Now, sidebar: as a fan, yes. were you were you in favor of WrestleMania four and five being in the same venue back to back years? 
at that time as a fan, I I mean that at that time as a fan where WrestleMania was, I mean didn't just didn't really compute with me. Um, I mean at that time, WrestleMania WrestleMania four is nineteen eighty eight. So at that point, I'm a strapping nine year old. <laughs> uh, you know, kid on Long Island, and and at that point, though, I mean, at that point, just to give you and your audience an idea, you know, I'm devastated that Hulk Hogan is no longer the WWE champion. I mean, the year before, I was devastated when Andre turned on Hogan to make the match for WrestleMania three, and then, you know, I'm very happy that that Hulkamania survived and beat Andre. And then, you know, I, I'm just, as a fan, as a kid, I'm, I'm just in shambles that, that, that the Hulkster, you know, my hero is, is no longer the champion. Um, but where it was, was not, did not really have that, that big of an effect on me. Um, as a kid at that time, I always wanted WrestleMania close to New York just because I grew up on Long Island and, you know, whenever there's a WWE event in the New York area and if you live in the New York area, you always try to get tickets to the show. Um, I also didn't have an appreciation at the time that Atlantic City was about three hours away from, you know, from where I grew up and it wasn't exactly an easy commute by BMX bike. But, you know, I mean, to me, uh, WrestleMania's four and five, being at Trump Plaza as a fan at that time, didn't really um, didn't really have much of a, of a bearing on me. I loved, I always loved tournaments. So I just thought that the WrestleMania four tournament, I thought was so exciting. And, and I just remember the shock and the awe, and you could almost feel it watching at home when Hulk Hogan and Andre were counted out in their their match, which was the first match of the second round. And, you know, back then, you know, I mean, the announcing was, was, was great as it is today. But I remember, you know, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura just talking about the enormity of the fact that that Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant have both been eliminated from the tournament and we will truly see a new WWE champion and I mean that is a that, that's one of my favorite WrestleManias you know just because I love tournaments and Macho Man performing four times at at that event to win the title I I thought was was just amazing I've only had the the pleasure of going to one WrestleMania, and that was at uh, WrestleMania 29 at MetLife uh, last year. Um, I could have been at 10 in the Garden. I could have been at 20 in the Garden. I just didn't go for whatever reason. Um, how many WrestleManias have you been to? In person, I have been to... I think it's seven. Let me see. It's 18. The first one I went to in person was 18. 
and then 24, 24 through 29. So uh, I was lucky enough to go to seven WrestleManias and uh, a a uh, much lesser known streak also ended at WrestleMania 30, and that was my consecutive streak being at, at WrestleMania events. Um, I was not able to go to WrestleMania 30, and New Orleans is one of my favorite towns to visit, but, you know, we had to finish up the book. So um, the, my personal WrestleMania streak ended, which, um, which you know, shockingly did not receive the fanfare that Undertaker's streak ending did. Um, but, you know, it, it was for uh, it was for a great, great, let's just say it was for a great cause. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. I, I've always asked people who watch wrestling who, who really know about the WrestleManias and the matches. Um, and then I, you can give me yours. I can, I can probably give you mine. Um, you said one match earlier. It was Sean Taker 25. WrestleMania 25 is, I, I would say, one of your favorite WrestleMania matches. If you had to compile a top five, and that's already wow. in there, what would be the other four? Wow. Um, I mean, Sean Hogan... Sean Taker uh, would be in mind. Sean Taker would be in mind. No, Taker and Sean from 25 will be in mind. So I guess we both are even so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hogan Andre, for me, uh, ha- has to be part of that. Um, uh, top five. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny whenever I hear top five because one of the cool things uh, since we've been connecting is, is talking about hip hop and uh, especially the old school hip hop that that I that I loved and I always think of that line, top five dead or alive, dead or alive. and that's just off yep. one LP. Um, <laughs> so uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Hogan, Andre. Um, I mean, Steamboat Savage for me is on there. Um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, the one hour Iron Man is on there. Um, the, the fifth one is, is going to be tough for me. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of it now because you're actually the, the first person that has asked me for a top five, which is, which is wow. really cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, uh, that, that that fifth one is uh, the fifth one is taking a little while to come to me. <laughs> well, while you think about that, I'm gonna tell you my five. I may have four. I'm trying to get that fifth one too. But Taker Sean 25. I agree with you on the Iron Man match. Um, I would say Warrior Hogan WrestleMania six. Okay. That's three. I think I'm going to go with uh, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, WrestleMania 13, the I Quit match. And, man, is <laughs> I guess me and you got the same problem with trying to get a uh, a number five. But, um, I mean, I, I, I could go Rock and, and Stone Cold, WrestleMania 17. I could go that route. Um I can go ladder match WrestleMania 10, even the the the, the triple threat tag match at, at at 17 with Edge and all, all them guys. Um, 
Oh, that could, was amazing. Yeah, that, that, even, that even was them. amazing. And I, and and I, and I always get a lot of people telling me, "How come you don't put Macho and Steamboat in there?" And I'm like, like I don't know. It's a great match. Um, maybe because I was four years old at the time, right. and I, I didn't get the significance of that match going going farther. But um, that could quite possibly be the best IC championship match ever in the history of WrestleMania. But um, those are probably the five. If, 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 I, if I have to pick the fifth one, it'll probably be Rock and, and Stone Cold from from seventeen. See, for for me, and and I and I, I love your choices. For me, The Rock Stone Cold is my favorite WrestleMania rivalry because they headlined three WrestleManias, mm-hmm. and no other rivalry has done that. Um. Triple H and Undertaker had three amazing matches at WrestleMania. Um, We saw Bret Hart and Yokozuna battle uh, in the main events of WrestleMania 9 and WrestleMania 10. Uh Rock, Cena, what main evented WrestleMania 28 and 29. But to have a rivalry that headlined three WrestleManias, that's unbelievable to me. And and also, I think of the streak. And I know it's not a match, but just what the streak embodies, what, what it means and, and, and what it has meant to WWE, to WrestleMania its fan, and its fans is is something incredibly special. And... I think I think that's something that people will enjoy in the book as well, is the 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 multi-page section honoring the streak. And um, I, so I know it's not a match, but um, I just I think that that's something that we that 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 we're not going to see again. Yeah, definitely. It just well, I, I I guess I'm honored to be the first person to ask you for a top five. I I, I thought you would have gotten that question uh, multiple amount of times, but I know when you're under the gun and you're trying to give an answer, and it's it just like there's so many matches, and then sometimes you're watching like, wow, that, that's a great match. That that that's a that's a legendary match. That's classic. And then someone could ask you, what's your top five, and then you just get stuck like. Yeah, you're trying to process 30 years of matching. It's like sometimes it's really not that easy. I think the Iron Man and everything else that I said pretty came to me easy because those are the matches that I can constantly watch no matter what time of day, even on the network or the DVD that I got. I can watch those matches anytime, anywhere, and still not get tired of it and act like it's the first time I'm seeing it. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's funny because the – the other questions have all been, you know, what's my favorite, um, what's my least favorite, or or if I'm asked, you know, for a few of the ones that I really like. But the way you did it, you, you know, you just hit me with the top five. And it's a great, it's a great question. And um, my, my le- I'll tell you my least favorite was from uh, WrestleMania 15, the – the brawl, uh, the brawl for it all uh-huh. tournament, um, where where Butterbean was part of uh, of the tournament, and it was um, kind of like a 
tough man boxing kind of a thing. That was probably um, probably my least favorite um, in terms of, of WrestleMania matches. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, when you're talking about 30 years of WrestleMania and so many different matches and, and superstars, and when you think about it today, you know, you, you're talking about now legends and Hall of Famers. And, I mean, it's just, the the adage is true, Randy, that there is nothing like WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. It just it's something that I think everybody should go to. I when it comes to WrestleManias and Super Bowls and all that, I I've been to that. I've been to an NBA Finals game. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've never been to an NBA MLB All Star game. I've never been to a Pro Bowl. So when it comes to these big time, you know, extravaganza events. Um, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, it, it WrestleMania. No matter where you, no matter where you sit, because we were all the way up high at MetLife, and I'm and at um, the bottom line is this: you're in the building, and it's like the first time you're in the WrestleMania, and you're going there and see how everything is laid out, and it's like it. I didn't care where I was sitting at because it's the first time I'm in there, and I get to see four hours of what I've been watching year in and year out on television. And it, it's quite a scene when you're watching it live as opposed to um, on TV and on pay-per-view. You don't get the announcing. You don't get all that stuff. So it is a bit different. But at the same time, being at a WrestleMania live, it's just something you can't beat. Yeah, they're, they're real to your point that there's nothing like it. And and it, it's one of the few events that I've been to where no matter where you are seated in the venue, you feel the same level of excitement. It's almost like the 70,000, 80,000 on hand. It's like you're all part of history together. And, you know, that that's not just, you know, some line or something that I was – you know, waiting to use at some point in the interview. I mean, you know, seven WrestleManias, I've I've sat in all different parts of of these buildings and and I, I I mean I've been to Raws, SmackDowns, live events, Hall of Fames. I mean WWE events are one of the few in general that I've been to where no matter where you're sitting, you feel part of it and and you you're feeding off of the same energy that the other members of the audience are feeding off of and the men and women in the ring are feeding off of and it's just an amazing amazing experience and and I tell people all the time if if you're able to go go experience a WWE event live there's nothing like it and and I always love when people get back in touch with me and tell me that they did that and what the experience was like. And it's it, there's there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. I want to get to one last tidbit before I wrap it up, Brian. Uh, first yeah, of all, man. It's, it's been great. Uh, it's been over an hour. Um, so again, I, we we definitely appreciate you coming on, and spending some time with us. But the last point that that I saw. <clears throat> That was kind of fascinating with the fact that at the time we're we're in '98, WWF and WCW were in that ratings war, and 
you know, they decided to bring in Mike Tyson for WrestleMania 14. And some people in the company are worried that Vince would lose money in bringing him in while saying they can get a, a good amount of buy rates, uh, pay-per-view buys without him, about 400000 with him, and still make money. They told Vince, if you bring him in, you can get 700000 buys, but you're going to lose money. Vince said, you know what, I'd rather lose money and do 800000 buys than make money uh, without him and do 400,000 buys. Uh, are you, uh, were you surprised about that? Do many people know that that was Vince's mindset at the time? I, I was surprised at that because WWE at that point was, was, was fighting this war with Ted Turner and WCW and it was one of those things where it's it was another gamble. You know, it was another calculated risk by Vince McMahon and WWE putting it all on the line, knowing that this is a gamble, but we're going to have more eyes on our product. And, and once they're there, we're confident that we'll be able to keep them there as as loyal fans and, and and he was right. And I think that also speaks to what was happening at, in WWE at the time was they had this amazing product that they were that they were building every week and these new incredible superstars that they were building every week and they had a better show they had a better product for um, many weeks, but you know they, they weren't. Those names were still being built, and when you get to WrestleMania 14, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I was in the garden that in September of '97 that that first Stone Cold Stunner on on Mr. McMahon and. The, the the garden was was just chaotic. That's how crazy people went, and I mean it was just an amazing time. The rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin, bringing in Iron Mike Tyson. It was a, another huge gamble that paid off for Vince McMahon, the McMahon family, and WWE. And to me, I think it was. You know, I, I think Bischoff said it himself in one of those DVDs. Like, you know, uh, they brought in Mike Tyson and <laughs> himself and people within WCW was like, oh well, you know, well that's it. You know, because you, you bring in Tyson, a big, a big time guy, athlete who wasn't boxing at the time with the whole suspension thing, and he, but still, he's still a, a big time name in, in in the sports world. And you bring him in the wrestling world with a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You just never know what's gonna happen. So even at that time, Bischoff and them knew, like, wow, like yeah, we're we're at the top right now. We're, we're cool, but Tyson, WrestleMania, Steve Austin, Championship Belt, main event, it it was like mm, maybe our time at the top uh, was over. And, and everything started with with the the Royal Rumble. They brought him in. He was in the in the sky box and. They teased that. Next night on Raw, confrontation with Stone Cold. And by the time I know it, it's on NBC, CBS, Sports Center. So I think that was, to me, they were having a better product at the time. 
uh, but people just kept watching Nitro. But once Tyson got on WWE television, um, to me, that was the, the turning point of people started watching this product more and started to leave WCW because of that. Oh, absolutely, and you know, Randy. Before uh, before we we end our great discussion here, and I, I can't thank you enough for having me on. Um, Mike Tyson was one of the celebrities that I got to speak with. Um, one of the okay. great parts about about one of the great parts about thirty years of WrestleMania that people will enjoy are the celebrities. Some of the celebrities that have been part of it uh, are also quoted in the book. So people are going to hear from Joan Rivers. They're going to hear from um, Daryl DMC McDaniels of Run DMC, which, which is one of my favorite conversations. They're going to hear from Larry King, and they are going to hear from Iron Mike Tyson and 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 what it meant to him to be part of WWE and WrestleMania. Iron Mike grew up, as you know, in Brooklyn, a huge WWE fan, a huge fan of people like Bruno San Martino and superstar Billy Graham, and you know, and and he talks in the it's in the book about the what was happening with him at that time, where you know he was still physically able to compete in a boxing ring, but at that time he was unable to do so. And and it's uh, so I think fans are going to enjoy that part of it as well. But you know when when you talk about WrestleMania 14, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Iron Mike Tyson, Degeneration X, it was a pivotal moment in WWE history, and really a turning of the corner. And as history has shown, they haven't looked back since, and that's now. 16 years ago. I can't believe I can't believe that that you know 1998 um is is 16 years ago. But you know, I mean it was a very another another very special time in WWE and WrestleMania history. And real quick, I think what's also important is the fact that yeah, Tyson celebrity and I think WCW was bringing in their own celebrities, but I think the difference was the fact that you know, Tyson was a fan of wrestling. He was a fan of WWF at the time. He he knew about it. He generally loved what he was watching. And then it's like you're not bringing in a, a, an outside celebrity just to get paid, do what they got to do, and that's it. This is a guy that, that really met with everybody. He loved what he was doing in there, and then he came back. He's now in the Hall of Fame. So to me, that was part of the difference of just bringing a celebrity who wants to help out and really knows what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and speaking with people that were working with, with Iron Mike at the time and Jim Ross, another one of my, my favorite people to work with and speak with. I mean, you know, they had incredible things to say about, about Mike Tyson as far as, you know, his work ethic, being great to work with, being very cooperative, being very punctual, which is not always the case, as you well know also, Randy, from the work that you do, is not always the case with celebrities and athletes. Right. So, you know, you when you're in this WWE environment, you, when you're working with people that do this year-round 
every facet of it is a labor of love and and it's it's very contagious whether you're class athlete hall of famer uh like iron mike tyson or you know one of the people working in the office or behind the scenes or someone competing in the ring it's it's just an amazing feeling Hey, Brian, it's, it's been a great hour chatting with you, man. I, I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It's just always great to chat wrestling with someone who, who knows the business, who has little, you know, information behind the scenes. And it, it was great. We touched on a, on a lot of subjects and WrestleMania's from, like, 1 through 14. We, we covered all that in an hour. There's no way <laughs> you can cover all 30 um, in that time frame. But uh, for you to spend time with us um, – was great. I know you probably had some other interviews to do uh, promoting the book. It's 30 Years of WrestleMania. You can find it at uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. And, you know, I wish you a lot of luck with the book. Um, it, it's great, man. Everybody should go get it. Well, listen, I, 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 Randy, I can't thank you enough for having me on. It's It's been a great discussion. It's gone by very quickly. If you ever want to do a part two, to touch on WrestleMania's 15 through 30, just throw up the signal and I'll be there, no problem. No doubt, man. Anytime. Before I let you go, is there anything you want to uh, tell the fans how they can reach out to you, follow you, just learn more about what you do? Oh, thank you so much. Well, first things first, 30 Years of WrestleMania is in stores now wherever books are sold. As far as, as connecting with me, I, I normally don't like to be followed, but I make an exception for social media. <laughs> your your audience can can connect with me on Facebook. Brian, I'm just on Facebook is Brian Shields. Twitter is at it's Brian Shields. That's all one word. Randy, I'm going to be doing giveaways. I'm going to be doing Q and A's. I'm going to be doing a lot of behind talking about making the the making of the book. And, and it's not up right now. It, it's going to be going live in a couple of weeks. But there is going to be a website, brianshieldsbooks.com. And there's going to be interviews up there, more Q&As, blogs. All, and we're going to be talking about WWE. We're going to be talking about video games, uh, all different kinds of writing that I do. So I look forward to you and I staying connected. And I also look forward to connecting and speaking with the cruise control audience. 